Well, we're doing some maths and the, the break, brethren and sisters, and we have 12 verses to cover, and uh, if I could do it, I'm sure Brother David can. Our attention this morning, then, is drawn unto heavenly things. We take our attention beyond the veil where we know once in the year the high priest alone was to go. Now, when he went beyond the veil, what was it that he saw? Well, there's a, a picture we're just going to put up, which is perhaps something like it. We don't know exactly, but certainly the key elements are there for us to see. And there was the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Testimony. And what was this piece of furniture? Well, the word Ark, the word Aaron in the Hebrew, literally means quite simply a chest a box and it is translated elsewhere a coffin so in simple terms it is a receptacle simply something that is there that might hold something within it but like the rest of the tabernacle that we've seen there is much symbology here and we have to see a representation once again of fellowship Christ and the saints in particular. Now up to now, brethren and sisters, we haven't dwelt on the subject of shit in wood. We've looked at the remainder of the aspects of the tabernacle that had shit in wood and just looked at that in the context of it being wood, being taken from trees. Could we come to Exodus chapter 25 and come in at verse 10? Here we have this item of furniture introduced to us, verse 10, and they shall make an ark of shitted wood, two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. So this shitted wood, what is it? it? It seems is wood taken from the acacia tree, perhaps better rendered just put up a, a, a picture of what a typical acacia tree is something like it is indeed a gnarled tree the tree that is particularly difficult to work with you can see just in the shape of it that in order to get any significantly large pieces of wood out of it that the timber has to be carefully selected and carefully shaped out of that which is cut down and while we saw trees uh, we saw it again this morning representative of men here we have a particular aspect where we have carefully selected men those that have been drawn together in the divine will and we can see the selection process that's borne out from this tree itself and therefore we look upon this shitted wood as a representation if you like of the elect <coughs> first and foremost the Lord Jesus Christ <coughs> but what characteristics does this shitted wood or the acacia tree have well it is a, a plant that grows in the desert it is a very hard wood 
particularly hardened to insect penetration. I'm told, and I'm no botanist, I can assure you, that when it is pierced, the um, sap that comes out is used for medicinal purposes. And as we saw, it is a gnarled and not a particularly attractive tree to look at. There are many spiritual lessons that come out just of those simple characteristics of the shittim tree. Come to keep a marker in, in Exodus there. Come to Isaiah and chapter 53. <coughs> And we can see here in this chapter a representation of these sort of characteristics that are coming out. Verse 2 of Isaiah 53. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. And that's exactly where the acacia tree grows. In desert places. It will grow in such places. But it goes on, he hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Just as looking at that acacia tree, there is no form or comeliness about it compared with the other trees that we might look at. Verse 5. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. And it was him that was pierced. And outflowed as we saw blood and water. In which and through which symbology. We have the hope of that healing. That this mortal might put on immortality and we then through these characteristics would, must seek to emulate the characteristics of this tree we do not want to appear attractive or comely to the world around us our way of life will not appear such if it does perhaps we need to rethink unless they're interested in the truth of course we are in this world a root out of a dry ground and we seek that healing as we daily read that word of life that has been given unto us so here in this tree in the careful selection of this word there is portrayed for us how we should seek to be however that isn't what the high priest would have seen Exodus chapter 25 once again verse 11 and thou shalt overlay it with pure gold within and without shalt thou overlay it and shalt make upon it a crown of gold round about looking upon that ark no one would have known if you like that there was shitted wood there it was, no doubt about it. But the gold is what was seen. The symbology of gold, we won't go into in detail. No, tried faith. Gold is precious. 
ultimately it's God's character that through tried faith we seek to portray but it was within and without and just think of our beloved master who portrayed the character of the father inside and out and the human tendencies that he had never came to that surface he bore our nature but manifested the character of the father within and without and so must we seek to emulate once again those characteristics it's fascinating what these two words within and without actually are in the Hebrew and we'll just put it up oh we have Thank you. within and without literally it is at home and abroad and brethren and sisters if we have one thing that we want to take from this address the way in which we lead our lives needs to be the same in the ecclesia and in the world we are not to be using the analogy of brother David earlier we are not to be leaves without fruit God is not impressed if we put on if you like that golden front at appropriate times in other words when we're with our fellow brethren and sisters and then spend the rest of our time in the world just like them that's not a way of life that is acceptable that is not being overlaid with gold within and without come to First Peter if you will in chapter 3 we're coming here just, this is just an example of what we mean uh, and I assure you it's not simply meant to be directed at the sisters this is an example of what this scripture is teaching us nevertheless it's applicable is it not in this day and age in which we live verse 3 of First of Peter chapter 3 whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on of apparel it's not so much those things it's the attitude of mind behind seeing the need for those things that the father would be considering in contrast verse 4 but let it be the hidden man of the heart the within in that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit and that overlaying with gold which is attractive it is precious it's good to look at but it is the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit that's what it is brethren and sisters and that is precious because Peter says which is in the sight of God of great price so we have just very simply here in our opening remarks practical lessons of how we should be as we daily look towards heavenly things that we have been called unto well let's come back into Exodus 25 and let's continue to have a look at what this ark uh, was looking like perhaps we'd go back to the first slide again if we could there David 
Verse 13. And thou shalt make staves of shitting wood and overlay, overlay them with gold. You can imagine the staves perhaps were a particularly carefully selected part of the tree to get staves of sufficient length. Again we have two staves, I would suggest again we have Jew and Gentile here brought together in the Ark of God. The Hebrew word for staves there is the the word badi, B-A-D-I-Y, which literally means separation. If you just come over to Exodus 26 in verse 9, we read there, Thou shalt couple five curtains by themselves. That's the same word, by themselves. Separate. And of course we know one of the purposes of the staves was that the ark was not to be touched. You remember what happened to Uzzah. And therefore we have within these staves the principle of holiness given unto us. We are called to be separated unto God. Remember the words of the Apostle Paul when he wrote to Romans. An apostle of Jesus Christ separated not from something but separated unto the gospel of Christ. And we are separated not from but unto the gospel. But of course practically these staves then allowed the ark to be transported that it might make its journey to the promised land we're told that in verse 14 here thou shalt back in 25 thou shalt put the staves into the rings by the sides of the ark that the ark may be borne with them that's what they're there for that it might be borne it might make its journey verse 15 the staves shall be in the rings of the ark they shall not be taken from it they were not to be removed this ark if you like was always ready for the journey always prepared to move it whatever notice was given for this ark had no resting place at this time our Lord Jesus Christ had not where to lay his head we are strangers and pilgrims in the earth here we have no continuing city and we are making that journey to that promised land and maybe one day brethren and sisters one day soon we may be called to make our last journey at a moment's notice to meet our Lord are we ready are we roots that have to be plucked up first before we can go or are we truly strangers and pilgrims with our staves ready for movement at a moment's notice should the call come verse 16 thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee and thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof 
and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. Mercy seat, Hebrew word kaporeth, a covering. Solid gold, it was above the ark. And perhaps we could look upon this mercy seat as Christ did his higher state. There is no shittim wood here. Having overcome, having provided that which was necessary to overcome, he was set down at the right hand of his father <coughs> and the word is is picked up in the, the New Testament Romans chapter 3 <coughs> Romans chapter 3 and verse 25 whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed with the forbearance of God and that word propitiation there is elsewhere translated uh, in Hebrews 9 as mercy seat he is our mercy seat brethren and sisters and let us give thanks daily that that is the case and let us never, never play down the enormity of the victory that he gained that we might have this hope of life through faith in his blood. And on this mercy seat there were two cherubim. And we will read again of these two cherubim if we come back to Exodus 25. <coughs> verse 18 and thou shalt make two cherubims of gold of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat make one cherub on the one end and the other cherub on the other end even of the mercy seat shall he make the cherubims on the two ends thereof and the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high covering the mercy seat with their wings <coughs> and their faces shall look one to another toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be now I read that brethren and sisters myself that the faces of the cherubim are there set to do two things to look one to another and to look toward the mercy seat and that gives us many lessons again you remember we said I think it was Monday was it where the boards surrounding the tabernacle were joined one to another and we said the original words there were a wife or it can be a woman to her sister the same word is used when the curtains were joined one to another so around this well certainly the three, three sides of this most holy place you have the boards that were a woman to her sister and the curtains above the ceiling as a woman to her sister now we have the phrase that the faces shall look one to another the Hebrew here is a man to his brother are we surprised this is the divine word of the father 
we have fellowship once again fellowship it faces that are looking upon eternal things fellowship of ecclesial bringing together with the Christ body come to Ephesians and chapter 4 to take the lesson to ourselves Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 4 come at verse 25 wherefore putting away lying speak every man truth with his neighbour for we are members one of another be angry and sin not let not the sun go down upon your wrath and there the same principle is it's here a man with his neighbour let a man speak truth with his neighbour this is all about isn't it how we treat one another in ecclesial life and the cherubim there give us the example of what we should do and how we should follow that we treat one another with the respect that is necessary and we do look one to another and we put away lying and we speak truth with one another why? because we are members one of another unity, fellowship, together which is the theme again running right through every aspect of this tabernacle and so we must emulate once again what this is teaching us in the way in which we behave one with another in our ecclesias but also if we come back to Exodus 25 as we have said those faces were also toward the mercy seat and it looked upon that mercy seat every day of the year and what was it that those faces were directed to verse 22 of Exodus 25 and there I will meet with thee I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubims their faces directed toward the meeting place that God had chosen with his people towards that glory that was there and our faces need to look upon these heavenly things every day of our existence brethren and sisters we need to daily behold the glory of God and look upon those things which are far above our thoughts that we might be directed in the right way because while we are looking upon such things our vision is not directed to the left or the right because to the left or the right are the things of the world which will take away those things that we hold so dear and yet we shall look tomorrow that on the one day in the year 
it also looked upon the blood calling to remembrance those things that has been made that has made it possible for us we pray one day to enter into those holiest and holiest of things that have been promised to those that love the things of God and we need to direct our attention to that blood also don't we daily remembering what has been done for us in the love of God and in the cherubim then we have these examples of fellowship and how our fellowship should have its outward working so there in simple terms is the ark yet what was in the ark well we're told very clearly what was in the ark if we could have our next slide we won't go there if you want to look at it Hebrews 9 verse 4 describes these three elements that were in the ark we know later on uh, the book was added to Hebrews 9 just concentrates upon as it was in the beginning if you like so there was there Aaron's rod that budded the golden pot of manna and the tables of stone that held that covenant in the Ten Commandments now each of those have their representation we haven't time to dwell on it too much but we find Aaron's rod that budded life out of death we have the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ the golden pot of manna which the Lord Jesus Christ in John 6 clearly likens unto his ministry the words that he sent he was the bread of life that came down from heaven that we might have life and the tables of stone clearly the commandments of God there all put in this box this ark it's interesting however brethren and sisters when we take these thoughts and push them forward to Solomon's temple it's a lovely study come to 2nd Chronicles chapter 5 we, we will only skim the surface today uh, and tomorrow on these things but at your leisure just compare the things that were recorded concerning the tabernacle and then those things con concerning Solomon's temple here are just some examples verse 10 of 2 Chronicles 5 now 2 Chronicles 5 is the chapter during which Solomon makes preparation that the temple now finished and might be dedicated and we read in verse 10 that there was nothing in the ark save the two tables which Moses put therein at Horeb when Yahweh made a covenant with the children of Israel there was nothing left except the tables of stone now what's that teaching us brethren and sisters it's not there by accident we're looking into the most holy place or the holiest of holies and I think that is pointing us forward to Acts chapter 1 come to Acts chapter 1 keep a finger in Chronicles if you've lost it already sorry we should be back there Acts chapter 1 now in Acts chapter 1 we have recorded of course the ascension 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now as he stood upon the Mount of Olives there, what had been accomplished? Well he had distributed the bread of life, hadn't he? He'd given out the manna. That's what his ministry for three and a half years had been doing. He'd taken the golden pot and he had used it. He'd also performed the budding of a dead rod. By the power of God he had been raised from the dead. And so life had been brought out of death. Because it was not possible that the grave could, could hold him. Therefore it's appropriate from 2 Chronicles 5. That only the tables of stone were left. Pointing forward to this period now. Where the other two had been used. But the commandments remain forever, brethren and sisters, even when God is all and in all. Now the picture we have that we just briefly looked at in 2 Chronicles 5 is the Lord Jesus Christ as the Ark of God entering into the most holy place. And in Hebrews, the most holy place is described as heaven itself, as one example. It also refers to heavenly things and therefore immortality. Acts chapter 1 verse 2 Until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Spirit had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen. He has assembled his disciples here upon this mount. Now, if we could start our next chart, we're just going to look at a comparison between 2 Chronicles 5 and Acts chapter 1. <coughs> 2 Chronicles 5 in verse 1, look at these verses if you wish to, if you've got enough fingers. In verse 1, very clearly we're told that the house was finished. The Lord Jesus Christ had already said, it is finished before he died. In verse 2 of 2 Chronicles 5, Solomon assembled the elders of Israel. We just read that the disciples being assembled. So we have some similarities already. In verse 7 of 2 Chronicles 5, we read that the priest brought in the Ark of the Covenant into his place. So it was brought in to the most holy plains. The Lord Jesus Christ in Acts 1 and verse 11 ascended into the antitypical most holy place in one sense into heaven itself. Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus etc. we shall look at later. Verse 10 we've already read in 2 Chronicles 5 that only the tables of stone were left and by this time in Acts chapter 1 the Lord Jesus Christ has made use of the rod and of the golden pot but the commandments remain and he left them with the ecclesia. Now if we go down the next step we also find that during the dedication process Let's have a look at this. Verse. I think I've got some mistakes up there, but nevertheless, we'll correct it as we go along. <coughs> come down to 2 Chronicles 5, come down to verse 13. Sorry, that verse 10 should say verse 13. My apologies. 
2 Chronicles 5 verse 13 it came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one there's our first point to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking there's the second point we've put up and then we find at the end of verse 14 well no it's the end of verse 13 as well the house was filled with a cloud and that cloud is described as the glory of God at the end of verse 14 so three key elements there we've picked out there are probably others they were as one were these priests they were praising and thanking and there was a cloud of glory in response to that now Acts chapter 1 we have exactly the same process don't we because if we come to Acts chapter 1 and verse 14 we find after the ascension that the disciples go back and this early ecclesia join together in sweet fellowship and look at the description of their fellowship verse 14 these all continued with one accord there we are just like the priests back in Chronicles in prayer and supplication they were praising and thanking with the women and what had they just witnessed brethren and sisters they had just witnessed the Lord Jesus Christ ascended to heaven in a cloud a cloud received him out of their sight that wasn't an ordinary cloud was it brethren and sisters that was a cloud of glory I'm sure it was and in that cloud they saw him go they manifested the glory of God that heralded this great event that the Lord Jesus Christ was now to sit at the right hand of his father and we have a lovely picture then in Acts chapter 1 of an ecclesia in sweet fellowship but let's just reveal the last bit 2 Chronicles 5 verse 12 we read there that there were 120 priests that were as one praising and thanking and the word of God is directing our thoughts to make this link because in verse 15 of Acts chapter 1 in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of the names were about 120 again the number is there for us to make the link what a beautiful picture brethren and sisters of unity the ark of God had gone into his rest and the Lord Jesus Christ had left behind an ecclesia that were of one accord they were all one they were all praising and thanking their father that's how the Lord Jesus Christ left his ecclesia when he comes back what's he going to find brethren and sisters is he going to find us endeavouring to be as one endeavouring to be united and praising and thanking one of the greatest tests of our age I'm sure brethren and sisters is us endeavouring to be like that first ecclesia that's our call as the bride making herself ready Well, we have a responsibility therefore brethren and sisters to seek to take this example to ourselves as one of that antitypical 120 how about next slide David please 
we can see therefore this picture if you like Christ not entered into holy places made with hands but into heaven itself that he might leave behind an ecclesia of one accord with prayer and supplication but he will come back can we have the last slide please come back to Second Chronicles chapter 5 you notice we have the ark in a different position verse 9 and they drew out the staves of the ark that the ends of the staves were seen from the ark before the oracle but they were not seen without and there it is unto this day the staves were there for transport remember they were not taken out of the rings and put in the corner they were pulled out or lengthened as the word indicates that they might I think poke through and could be seen the ends of them could be seen from the holy place why? ye men of Galilee this same Jesus that ye see going up into heaven shall so come in like manner and we were left the sign we were left the ends of the staves that we might see the fact that he will come again that is not his final resting place the staves are there ready still for one last move that he might return to this earth and establish that kingdom and we have before us at all times brethren and sisters all the signs here necessary for us to see that day approaching just as anyone in that holy place which is where we dwell now could see the ends of those staves and he will come out of that most holy place he will come so Christ was once offered we read to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation and the ends of those staves signified that second time will you come with me to Psalm 132 as we draw our thoughts to a close Psalm 132 and verse 7 <coughs> We will go into his tabernacles We will worship at his footstool Arise O Yahweh into thy rest Thou and the ark of thy strength Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness let thy saints shout for joy and so that's how we should be 
just as that ecclesia was left behind as one praising and thanking let thy saints shout for joy we shall are we ready to shout for joy are we clothed with righteousness for one day brethren and sisters we in completion of our wilderness journey will be caused to cross over that Jordan just as that ark stood in the midst of Jordan and eventually passed over into that promised land yet we know brethren and sisters that that wasn't the only ark that entered the promised land come to Genesis chapter 50 and here is what are the examples where this word ark is used let's conclude with these thoughts Genesis 50 and verse 25 and Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel saying God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from hence and there is evidence that it wasn't just him but the patriarchs also that had their bones taken from hence let's just look at Joseph for a moment it was in a coffin that he was taken verse 26 he was put in a coffin word Aaron ark and as many have said there was more faith in those dead bones than there was in the rest of Israel bar those two but what does this teach us brethren and sisters in our walk to that promised land we need to bear that coffin 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 we need to constantly remind ourselves why we are on that journey how we have been brought to that journey by what means we were delivered from Egypt in the first place and this is the way we do it 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God not of us we are troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed not in despair why because we can see the promised land before us persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed what is it that sustains us through all this adversity in our journey to this kingdom it's in verse 10 always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus we bear about the dying just as they bore the coffin why? that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body those bones were going to be raised from the dead that's why Joseph wanted them taken so likewise through the death and resurrection of our dear Lord we make this journey let us prepare ourselves that when it comes to the banks of entry into that land that we might give an answer of those things that we have done